Welcome to the Habit Stack Podcast by Purple Crest. In this show, your host Rahul shares ideas and approaches for accelerated growth in business and life. If you're an entrepreneur or an ambitious professional, then this is a show for you. Learn from those who figured out how simple it can be to build a system for growth. Hey everyone, I'm Rahul. This episode is a conversation with Sarika Sethi, one of the entrepreneurial leaders we need more of. Besides playing roles of mother and a wife, she plays roles of co-founder and COO at Gemini Power Hydraulics Private Limited. Along with the husband, Sarika has built an organization with Pan-India presence 175 plus employees and multiple multinational organizations as customers. Besides building Gemini, Sarika is more passionate being a leadership accelerator and executive coach. If you are at career or business crossroads or have stopped finding joy at work, Sarika might have a solution in this episode. Enjoy listening to this one. I want to get started by uh, having an introduction of yourself. Uh, you are the director and CEO of Germany Power Hydraulics uh, uh, Private Limited. You are also a leadership accelerator and coach. Uh, but what we want to know further about is uh, what has been your journey? If you can share a little bit about uh, uh, your own professional journey, how uh, you started your career and uh, reached where you are. And in case there are any learnings or advice that you might have, for a younger you, what advice would you have? Well, thank you, Rahul. Thank you for having me on this chat. Um, my journey actually started off by being an accidental entrepreneur. I did not become an entrepreneur by choice. Um, I was very young um, and I was doing my master's in psychiatric social work when I got married. and. My husband then had just moved away from the corporate world to start his own business. Um, and by virtue of not really having funds to uh, pay for this startup, I was his first unemployed employee. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was a completely accidental initiation into the journey of entrepreneurship. Uh-huh. We started our business together 32 years ago Mm -hmm. and everything that we have done, we have learned on the job. Uh, We are in the space of engineering equipment Mm -hmm. and he is an engineer by profession. Um, I am a psychiatric social worker. So we had kind of demarcated our jobs where he would do business development and I would handle everything back end from operations to finance to whatever else that needed to be done, which means um, even putting the stamp on the envelope and typing the envelope out and sending it. So we started at the very basic level. Um, We were lucky, we got some good breaks and we were able to 
scale up our operations to where they are today. Today, we have a pan-India presence. Um, we have close to 175 employees. And uh, we represent the interest of some foreign international companies in India. You asked me what would I advise the younger me if I was to do that today. I think it's been an interesting journey for me. Mm. Um, we've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, we've had some challenging failures. But I don't know if I would change anything uh, particularly because this journey is what has molded me as I am today. Um, this journey has facilitated my growth, my learning, um, and everything that I have learned in terms of being an entrepreneur or a leader. Uh, yes, I could have probably managed uh, my anxieties better, <laughs> probably managed my uh, uncertainties better, uh, sometimes been more um, risk, more of a risk taker than I was. Uh, but yet, it has been a very interesting journey. So uh, I'm grateful for where I am and what I have learned in the last 32 years. You mentioned about uh, uh, how you became an accidental entrepreneur. So let me stay there and elaborate a little bit more. So a lot of uh, people that uh, uh, reach out to us, they consist of uh, women professionals. And uh, uh, typically after five to six years of uh, uh, work experience is a phase when they start focusing on the family. And uh, I'm just going back, uh, Sarika, probably 32 years back. Uh, when you were probably in a similar phase and uh, uh, like you mentioned, your husband uh, uh, was leaving the corporate phase and he was starting uh, uh, a business. And uh, uh, while you made that choice, you made that choice in some way that uh, you have to support him. How did you make that decision? And at that point of time, when there is a decision to be made, uh, how did you make that decision? Is there some learning there? So I became an entrepreneur before I started my family. Mm. So uh, I had got into the business before I had my first child. Mm. But I don't think it was ever a choice or a disconnect between whether it's family or work. It was both and both were important. So one has to learn how to manage one's day in the most efficient manner. Uh, I was a little fortunate because uh, this being our own business, I could calibrate my time in the way that suited me a little better. So I would start my day very early. I would start my day at five o'clock in the morning finish all my domestic chores, come to office at nine, work till lunchtime, go back home to look after my children during lunch, 
set their routine and do whatever had to be done and come back again to work and work a little late into the evening before i joined them again so i think when you want to do something you will always find a way to do it so if if it is oh i don't have time and i cannot manage i find that a little bit of an excuse for not wanting to do it um if you believe in your work your passion you know something that you really want to pursue you will learn to adjust it with whatever family obligations you have yes and i understand as a woman it becomes challenging i am not saying it's an easy journey i am not saying that it's a cake walk but it is also not impossible if you are putting in your best effort and being resilient you will find a way to manage both in the most efficient manner but the main thing here is you have to be committed to both because really there is it's about life it's not really work life and home life and balance you know that's a very skewed way of looking at things because both are your life you devote equal amount of time for both depending on what the requirement is sometimes you you give more time to work sometimes you need to give more time to your family so it's it's a very fine line that you have to tread and you have to be ready to tread on it of course it will have challenges of course it will require to give 150% but then you have to be ready to put in that effort because the rewards will come with it what i really liked was how in your own experience you had almost created different slots for your day for discipline perspective like you mentioned 5 to 9 then 9 to lunch then lunch plus family then back to work till evening and then evening onwards so almost like five slots you had and i'm almost imagining you went around in a very disciplined manner on a daily basis on those slots it could have required a deep level of motivation on both sides like you said it's not a choice you have to be committed on both sides uh, and uh, uh, while i understand the family part of it it comes naturally what motivated you on the professional side that why you had to be committed on the professional side rahul i had a family i have to support them we oh. have to generate uh, funds and the lifestyle that we aspire for our children so mm. i had to make sure that uh, we provided them with what they needed and that was enough motivation we were building our business there was a lot of um, effort that had to go into it to make it a success so uh i think they were both working in conjunction with each other that one was needed for the other it 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 was it, it was actually a no brainer that if i have to raise my children in the best possible manner to make it more most comfortable i have to have a certain standard of living and to have that standard of living i have to pursue my career in the most efficient manner i think what you said in a natural manner comes with a lot of difficulty for a lot of people that i interact with and uh, what you mentioned it requires certain level of self awareness which leads me to my 
next question, which is also a trait of Sarika uh, authentic leaders. Uh, it's a term that uh, uh, is used for a specific style of leadership. Uh, and what you said, uh, while you know the way you mentioned it, it came out very naturally to you. But I see a lot of people struggling with it. Uh, that kind of self-awareness, uh, not only about uh, own self, but uh, what they what I want in life and to get that what is required. So a lot of struggles, a lot of questions I see around these. So that brings me to my next topic, uh, which is uh, uh, authentic leadership. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, how you define authentic leadership. So I have a very simple definition, uh, probably differs from what you get in books and everywhere. But my idea of authentic leadership is showing up as you truly are. That means you being a person that you truly are when you are in the leadership role. So you don't put up a front. You don't behave in a manner which is not natural to you. But you are present in the situation and being the truest version of yourself. Can you uh, elaborate this? Are there certain characteristics or traits uh, that uh, you would want to add to this? Um, and also any example role models uh, or any example that you might want to share about uh, uh, in this definition? See, basically what happens um, is that when we start working and when we start emulating role models, we want to become like people that, you know, we look up to and the way they operate or what we read are the true corporate uh, leaders and giants and the way they do stuff. While that is very motivating there is a great learning there but their life their journey has made them what they are mm. we have to go about our journey being what we are being with what our value systems are what our strengths are what passion what passions we have what makes us thrive so we have to develop our own style of working with, within our work environment. And when you will do that, you will find it easier because you do not have to pretend to be, um, if you're a delegative leader, you don't have to pretend to be a collaborative leader. If you're a collaborative leader, you don't have to pretend to be a delegative leader because that's what you think is required in a scenario. Mm. Being your true self makes it easier for you to be present in a situation. And it also really helps you utilize whatever innate qualities that you have in you to the maximum. When we try to behave like someone or do things which are expected of us as a leader, it becomes a challenge in terms that 
sometimes they can really conflict with our strengths conflict with our values conflict with our belief systems and we will not be able to give or be the best version of ourselves so if you want to be a true version and the best version of yourself and work to the best of your abilities please be who you truly are come from the innate place of your beliefs your your strengths your passion and working will become comparatively easier in your both work and personal uh, environment so would you say sarika that uh, authentic leadership is being uh, true to self uh, in the role as a leader uh, so i'm going to pick on these two different phrases one okay what is true to self mean and what is being a leader mean so these are two different aspects of the definition being true to self the way i understood so far is uh, being true to own values beliefs and passions that's a part that i got from from the response but i is is that understanding correct or is there more to it and yeah, second yeah Yeah. in the role as a leader so in your own experience you are leading 175 employees you are leading beyond that i think you are leading a family you are leading uh, as a woman entrepreneur and you are leading in the society as well so is there uh, from your own experience uh, a definition of who is a leader that one should look at and second being true to self uh, is my understanding correct or is there more to it so usually people believe that if you're a leader you have to have followers yeah uh, you, you know a very wise i heard a very wise man once say to be a leader you don't really need to have uh, followers hmm to be a leader you have to have the the passion uh to do something which you truly believe in hmm followers will come and align themselves to you. Hmm. So True. this is not about me doing something to impress someone or to have someone listen to me. This is me doing something that I believe in, that I have, you know, a passionate um approach towards and that I believe is the right thing to do. Once you operate from there, people will start aligning to your belief systems if they see success and result so, so in this definition that to be a leader you need a purpose that you believe in yes we always uh, in fact to be a true leader you should be loyal to a purpose and a larger goal in life you know unfortunately what happens today is people change their if i can use the word loyalty is very fast now they are doing this then they are doing this then they are doing this then they acha this is not successful are ye chhod do let's do this this is not successful let's do this let's that's not how success really comes or how you achieve something in your life hmm. to achieve something in your life we have to there is a very simple formula to it that you have to have a passion you have to put 
effort to develop that passion so that it becomes a capacity getting and building a capacity and skill is not enough you have to put in some more effort to that loyal goal or that purpose for you to make it a success so there has to be discipline there has to be focus we cannot keep changing our goal posts every day so there has to be something that you believe is your larger purpose that you are moving towards that you want to achieve so when i said authentic leadership i should know who am i mm-hmm. okay which means what is my belief systems what are my um values what are my strengths what are my passions what do i aspire and what is the purpose what is the larger purpose in my life what is it that i want to be known for to do in a certain period of time uh, and i think this answers uh, both the phrases sarika very well what you just described um so if i were to rephrase i think uh, authentic leadership is about being true to self as a leader and what it then further means is knowing who am i knowing what my purpose is and then going after with like a mission like you have to keep doing that um uh, and like you said it is not about having followers it is about keep doing keep doing keep doing it because it's your purpose it's uh, it's it's the pursuit of that purpose with full awareness of who you are so it's got nothing to do with the position really rahul like you know everybody gives this example of a doorman who does his work efficiently wishes people uh brings a smile to their face and uh, you know keeps his uh, area clean and all that he is a leader in his own sphere because he has set the standards for the others to look up to hmm. so it is it your it's it's not just because you're a ceo or coo director that you're a leader you could be at any position in your organization and you can set and be an example for others to follow and that's how you become a leader that's how you get followers because you are performing to your highest potential and it is setting an example for others so this this brings me to uh, two questions sarika if uh, one is uh, uh, why is this important if say i am 6 or 7 years into my professional journey or let's say i've just started out as an entrepreneur why is the authentic leadership important for me and two uh, these are two very fundamental questions who am i and what is my purpose and i've had conversations where people really struggle with getting response to these two so one why is it important and second uh, how do i solve for these two questions even to think about uh, whether this is important for me okay so why is this important for me so rahul i have coached um, a few senior level people and you know after they reach a certain age of 40 45 all i can see in some of them is frustration anger discontentment and sometimes this can become a challenge in their growth in the future now why does this happen this happens because we start our journey with a lot of passion and motivation 
but along the line we lose our purpose and we are just working towards achieving some results some targets some transactional goals we leave behind the true purpose that we started with mm. we are just going you know uh, in terms of what are our targets what we have to achieve what is the transaction for the year we are just working towards the tasks uh, just fulfilling certain requirements that the job imposes on it and as you go 2 3 4 5 10 years into and you keep performing these transactions you mm. actually have somewhere forgotten the reason why you started off or what was it that truly motivated you because you have immersed yourself in the daily transactions is the word that comes to me again uh, of your job so you know i'm i'm meeting my targets i'm doing this okay i this job role this kra this kpi that's all that i am entangling myself with so it becomes very important to then get a wake up call is why am i getting frustrated why am i getting angry in the situations why is this position not giving me the satisfaction that it wants and that is because we have veered away so much from what were our true beliefs our true strengths our true passions and we are just performing a role which has been given to us and explained to us that it has to be done in a certain fashion so we have molded ourselves into being someone that we truly are not and when we do that it clashes with our inner world every all of us have an inner world you know uh, so the outer world starts clashing with this inner world of us and this results in all the frustrations and anger and dissatisfaction that you see people uh, what they call midlife crisis you know after the 40 year mark you know like what rubbish is this what you know people start saying all this and i have mm. seen a lot of my clients coming to me and saying listen i am not happy what do i do what am i doing wrong i'm earning uh, good money i am in a good position but i'm not happy that is because they veered away from their authentic self they have molded themselves in somebody else is persona that is expected by the organizations they work in or the situations that they are in which has resulted in this so that is why it is very important that you got to keep connecting with yourself at every level you have to keep going back to that who am i what am i you know and it is not that it is one definitive thing it will evolve as you grow there will be certain strengths that will become stronger as you you know have various experiences in life there will be some beliefs which become limiting as you grow older but you have to constantly keep working on these and keep constantly upgrading your operating system if i can call it that you know your internal operating system like you, we we every 2 years are upgrading our phone or upgrading our computers but we forget to upgrade ourselves and our operating systems it's only when you do that can you truly move at least veer towards happiness and um, success in the truest sense of the word and not just you know monetary and position and those 
in your case sarika when did you have this realization was it like right from the beginning itself because it, you mentioned you were an accidental entrepreneur so i'm sure you went into it and then you started discovering a lot of uh, things rahul I, you know honestly when i got into it i had no clue what i was doing <laughs> i i was literally like i said doing the transactional role from pillar to post abhi ye karna hai abhi ye karna hai abhi ye karna is it okay if i talk in hindi in between i'm sorry no worries no worries no, sorry i'll, I'll so I, i have to do this and i have to do this i have, so i had like these these tasks that had to be performed every day and these um you know a certain set of goals that had to be achieved in the short term that okay at the family level the kids had to be taught and they had to be instilled with the right value systems and their education and at work i had to make sure that you know we had put the processes in place we were employing right kind of people so it i was working on an automatic gear and really there was no thought process into it i the years were just happening to me and i was just going along hmm. until uh you know when i was in my late 30s and early 40s where it uh suddenly came crashing down on me and i almost went in a depression because i did not know what was happening i was in a performing role but not really growing in any uh, in any way in myself and i was i was doing the task that was required from me at work because i had to be a leader i had to be um, you know being able to give results but i had not in any way invested in upgrading myself and that is where i realized that this is not happening if if i continue this way i will probably end up being depressed or you know in a situation where i will not be able to function um so i have learner as a very strong strength in me uh, you know we have these gallup strengths that you identify so learner is a very strong uh, strength in me where i like to constantly be able to you know learn and uh, bring new things uh, into my life so at the age of 40 i decided to go back to studying i joined the iim bangalore and i did their executive general management course so that i could upgrade my knowledge base uh, but then i also realized that as an individual we have some inherent talents in us but it do they do not become strengths unless we put effort and invest in them and make them into our capabilities and capacities you know i call this capacity builder and this is usually in four fields you build your intellectual capacity mm-hmm. which means that uh, you improve your abilities to think learn plan execute with focus and discipline you improve your physical capacities wherein there is a very close relationship and everybody knows between your physical health and your mental health if you ignore your physical health in the long run your mental health also uh, you know becomes a challenge the third capacity that you need to build is 
emotional capacity which means that we do not live in isolation we are social animals we constantly are interacting with others and these relationships and these interactions influence our behavior and our responses to a very large extent and finally your spiritual capacities which is not the religious uh, capacity but basically being in touch with the spirit in you which i keep mentioning as who am i what are my inherent talents so i realized that i have to very consciously start investing in building these capacities in myself so that i can grow from where i am to where i am actually capable of being is the, is that something which you have seen commonly across the conversations you have had with a lot of other people that the signs are that they feel that they are not growing uh, they are stuck um and they start asking some fundamental questions about what am i doing with my life or is there any other common pattern that you have seen which is yeah you you start losing interest in work when i say start losing interest in work you don't get up in the morning to say yeah i got to go to work and i have a fantastic day ahead of me you know but what you start thinking is oh god okay now what have i got uh, what that what do i have to do what you start avoiding things you start procrastinating you start looking for excuse for not being present and this usually happens is because somewhere inside there is a discontentment because the alignment between who you are and what you are doing has increased there is a very large misalignment you have moved away from what you started off as or what you truly are and you are performing tasks which are nowhere near your beliefs your strengths or your passions and it comes out in various forms where uh, i have seen a lot of leaders where they um start becoming dictatorial you know you 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 start exerting your power for no rhyme or reason you know you become very delegative you become very abrasive um you you do not have patience to mentor and teach others so these signs start coming in the behavioral pattern of the leader if they are misaligned with what they are doing and what they really want to do or how they really want to do it so one is uh, your own feelings there's a pattern that if there's a feeling of discontent feeling of getting stuck what am i doing not not excited so i'm i'm clubbing all this and saying that these are all at some level negative vibrations negative feeling about whatever is happening in my life and the second is the behavior pattern where behavior with others uh, that is being seen as getting affected and if uh, a lot of other people uh, suddenly start giving a feedback which is different from what say i used to get earlier then that also is could be a sign that i need to look at it okay so this is uh, this is helpful uh, i'm going to go further sarika i think i'm going to take few contexts and uh, 
want to understand this question in 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 those context so let's say i am a uh, i am an entrepreneur or i am a small business owner i have been operating my business for the last 3 uh, uh, or 4 years um and uh, the business is doing okay um probably how i had a vision of it it could have been much much better but wherever it is it is and i am i've been doing my my task uh, in that context why would you say authentic leadership would be relevant or important um so usually what happens rahul is that if we do not have a vision of what our larger goal or larger purpose in life is we set out to do many many small things and in the process we scatter our energies in doing lot of work but not smart work mm. that means our energies are being expended in doing a lot of things which may or may not have any value but we start doing actions which are not in alignment with what we really want to do in the long run uh this scattering of you know people like to call it multitasking uh, people like to call it uh, experimenting uh, or various other things but uh, i feel that if you have started with a certain intention you should put all your efforts in the most disciplined and focused fashion to achieving what you had set out to achieve and get rid of all the distractions that come in the way um uh if you take an example what happens is and this happened to me earlier when uh, i was working i had this open door policy where anybody and everybody could walk into my room at any time with their problems and you know i would attend to it in the process what happened was i would spend my complete productive way solving everybody else's issues but not doing what i truly wanted to do you know it's you've heard this saying put their put your monkey on my shoulders so i had so many monkeys on my shoulders that by the end of the day by the time i got rid of the last monkey i had not achieved anything that i set out to achieve for myself and this is something that entrepreneurs you know because we believe that we know the best and we are the best and we have solutions to everybody's problems you know we start off believing that because this is my idea that has generated the business this is my baby we get so possessive and protective about it that we want to be a part of everything and every decision making we do not know what to let go what to delegate and how to use our energies in the most efficient manner to move towards the larger goal we immerse ourselves in the daily day to day activities so much because simply because we get possessive about it so if in in businesses you notice after uh, yes earlier 2 3 4 years are used up in setting up businesses setting up processes setting up a team that works efficiently but after that we have to learn to 
take a step backward and work on the business and not in the business you know there is a very clear demarcation because we are working in the business we get stuck in the cesspool we need to remove ourselves from there and start working on the business and doing that developmental strategic activities which otherwise we ignore i really like it i really like it i think the last phrase itself uh, uh, was very clear work on the business and not in it uh, so uh, if i were to articulate my understanding if i'm an entrepreneur or i'm a small business uh, owner uh, who has been working uh, in the uh, in the business for the last 4 uh, or 5 years and sign number 1 is that it's not where i would have expected it to be in in 4 or 5 years and the reason for that sign is that my energy is getting dissipated across multiple areas including managing a lot of people uh, and like you gave from your example solving their problems and in that process i am unable to create the output that i am supposed to create then these are situations which are indicative of why it is important for me to step back and start working on the business and not in it and one of the ways to work on the business and not in it is to go deeper understanding who am i and uh, uh, is what my, is my true purpose what do i really want in life what, what because my, the goal post will change it will not be this every 10 years your goal post will change but then you have to have a clear vision of the larger goal understood so i think then uh, that's how it would start aligning for me once this becomes clear it would start aligning where i should be focusing my own energy in and how do i make my business better uh, in terms of performance let me take another context sarika this is related uh, is there anything different to look at if i'm a woman entrepreneur um you know leaders and entrepreneurs don't really have a gender it's more about being the person that you are and i'm really not in favor of defining leadership in terms of gender that uh, you know a certain gender is doing better than the others or there are more challenges i feel there are challenges on both the ends yes i understand it can be a different set of challenges for women because we have to also look after our family and that is a very important part of our life but to use that as an excuse i don't really know how true that is so if you want to be a leader if you want to be you have to define what your boundaries are you have to be aware of what your capabilities are because nobody can stop you from becoming anything if you truly want to do that so just by definition because i'm a woman that is why i can only do this much and no more i think is a myth because we have enough women leaders in the world you know which are examples in front of us women have a different set of skill sets uh, which we are very good at um we have a different 
way of processing and working compared to our male counterparts. So the way we would go about doing things would be different. So um, people may perceive it in a different fashion. Uh, but truly, gender is not a definition of leadership in any way. Or it, it's not a constraint to become a leader in any way. Um, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, so I think uh, I wanted to uh, probably articulate it slightly differently. And I'm, okay. now I'll expand the, the, uh, the segment uh, in terms of not only women entrepreneurs and small business owners, but also women professionals. And uh, I'm trying to link it to the original definition which you mentioned, which is being true to self as a leader, becoming aware of who am I and what is my purpose? How is the professional pursuit, whether it's the business or whether it's uh, the, the, the professional side fit in? And that's where it's unfortunate, but that's where a lot of uh, women, either they leave the career because it no longer fits in the way they have defined the purpose, or they no longer have interest in growing the business because it stops getting linked so strongly to the purpose that they have identified. So this is a whole conversation on choice. Okay. Women by nature are the nurturers of the family, which is an inherent quality in 90% of the women. And uh, they can do these tasks very efficiently. But to say that this is the only task that they can perform is a little limiting because I feel that you can nurture and develop a happy family only if you are a happy person. If you are not a happy person, then you cannot imbibe or instill a value of happiness in your children. And if your happiness comes from you pursuing a career, then so be it. Because in pursuing a career, if that makes you happy, if that makes you fulfilled, then it is not the quantity of time that you spend with your family that matters, but it's the quality of the time that you spend with your family. So I may not spend a whole day with my children screaming and shouting at them, but I may spend qualitative two, three, four, five hours where I'm reading stories to them, where I'm sharing experiences with them and being a better mother to them because I am happy with what I'm doing. So if I am taking my choice as, uh, no, if I'm taking my uh, nurturing as a choice, it is fine. But if I'm taking my role as a nurturer by requirement because it's expected of me, it can become a challenge. So the choice is with the woman, whether what makes her happy. If she chooses what makes her happy, then she will be able to perform both the tasks efficiently. So my work makes me happy. I'm passionate about my work. If I do that, it will give me satisfaction, which in turn will get exhibited in how I react and respond to my family. But if I am forced into the role of motherhood, 
when actually my uh, you know my passion is my work i will not do justice to my role as a mother so uh, every woman should very consciously evaluate what is it that gives her happiness and satisfaction and then align her roles accordingly i like it i'm reflecting on it and as i'm reflecting i'm also trying to link it with your previous response i think uh, uh, if i combine the two for me uh, this is also about uh, having a realization whether the energy and efforts are getting dissipated across multiple areas family business professional life etc and if it is leading to one uh, some amount of discontent uh, and uh, dissatisfaction uh, that uh, on either of the two fronts things are not where uh, i am expecting them to be uh, if that is the case then it's a sign that something is missing if i'm deriving the satisfaction as an individual then i'm carrying that satisfaction like you said to my family and my role as a nurturer there so 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 children are the most adjusting creatures in this world i honestly you know believe that that the way you raise them the way you impart values to them the way if they understand my mother is a working mother they completely adjust to that it is not that uh, they raise a human cry and if you've taught them okay these things have to be done in this fashion this is how we are going to operate they will completely adapt to that situation but if we believe in being helicopter parents you know where we want to be there and also there and also there and also there you are just dissipating your energies and really not achieving anything got that helpful sarika i think uh, on that note uh, i do want to uh, stay on it for probably few more minutes uh, women entrepreneurs and professionals so uh, uh, in becoming a better entrepreneur or better professional um i'm going outside the realm of just authentic leadership from a tactical perspective is in your experience did you uh, did you find other methods ways uh, to become more effective as an entrepreneur and a professional i think this is not just relevant for women but any entrepreneur any leader should invest in a mentor or a coach uh, because what happens is when we are you know in in our entrepreneurial journey we sometimes tend to put on blinkers because we only see our perspective and nothing else and sometimes thinking out of the box becomes a challenge because like i said we are so much in the situation that we do not uh, we are not able to see the larger perspective or the larger view so my advice to any entrepreneur or uh, any person who's finding it a challenge suddenly and is not understanding what is happening they should engage with a coach uh, and have certain difficult conversations and conversations which can give them a different perspective i in my own life uh, when i faced a challenge and i was not clear on what i wanted i engaged in a coach and i invested in my in our journey for almost more than a year before i truly got the breakthrough and understanding of what i want in life uh, like i said i i was in my late 30s and 40s and i was completely didn't know what was happening in you know 
my kids had grown up and so that part of my life had kind of finished and this part was not the work was not really engaging me the way i wanted and that's when i engaged with a coach and i learned more about myself and then i realized that what i enjoy most is helping people to help themselves and i started investing my time and my energies to doing it but had i not engaged in an external a person to you know kind of see that side of me a person who you know would not pass a judgment on me so it's not always uh, your family members or your friends who can give you that insights you need to kind of engage with a professional who operates from a non judgmental space and shows you the mirror like it really is uh, without um, any kind of judgment being placed in it it really adds a lot to your growth so i would suggest to every leader every entrepreneur that if they are stuck in life if they are not understanding what is happening uh, and how they can move forward they should engage in a coach of some kind in your case as an example and in general how can one go about finding a mentor and a coach there are a lot of coaches uh, who are there in different spaces you first need to um, kind of identify someone that you can relate to uh, most coaches uh, do a first session you know where they have a conversation with you and if you find that there is a chemistry there you can engage with the person uh, there are a lot of uh, youtubes uh, you know uh, the best speakers in the world are available on youtubes you can hear them you can understand right from tony robbins to robin sharma to brian weiss there's so many people out there you know who you can just listen to and then understand what it is that works for you that gels with you and then accordingly move forward uh, how does one find a coach in your case how did you find your coach uh, uh, somebody recommended her to me somebody recommended now uh but person. again i because i clicked with her and i had you know i kind of formed a good chemistry with her i engaged with her for a uh year so it is not necessary that the first coach you find you will click with you know some you may not so it's it's a trial and error because it's a one to one interaction of human dynamics so yeah but at least you have to find you have to make that uh, effort so are there specific networks arika uh, that uh, you are a part of where you got the recommendation uh, so i'm separating this into two steps step number 2 is what i'm very clear that you need to go through a trial and error process which means that you might be interacting with few individuals who could be your coach before deciding this is uh, she's the person or he's a person but the first step itself is and the reason i'm asking arika again at a very practical level this is a very common question that i get uh both from entrepreneurs and the reason i mentioned women in particular is that uh amongst all the multiple tasks that women take upon themselves family business etc they don't really get the time to network and while men are able to get recommendations that okay why don't you try this individual a uh, lot of women entrepreneurs and professionals ask me how do i find a coach uh it's not like i google and i just get the first result and i start interacting with that person so at a very practical level again for the first step how do i get that recommendation of who could be a coach for me is is there a way that you would suggest to 
unfortunately rahul there is no organized body in india which has a listing of coaches because it's still a very unorganized sector in our country mm um uh, but there is a international body called icf international coaching federation which if you go they have coaches from around the world whichever country you are placed in and you can look for their certified coaches in their directory so uh, you could try that but uh, there are many the, like a uh, gallop strengths uh, have their own directory of their certified coaches so uh, it, it's more a trial and error there is no one place unfortunately where you can look for something uh, linkedin could be a place where you could search for uh, you know a lot of coaches are listed there um but again it's a trial and error Got it. Unfortunately, and, I can't give you a name of any one body that uh, you can associate with that. No, that's fine. I think I was more interested in your own experience and whatever comes top of the mind because this is something that I keep hearing. So, in case there is a message to people, I think you gave few options, few examples, and that's what I wanted to hear. It's not an expert input I needed. Uh, what I wanted to hear was what are some of the ways in which one can find a coach. And uh, on that related note, uh, uh, are there networks? Uh, that you are a part of and you would recommend uh, women entrepreneurs and professional to be part of where uh, uh, that learning happens those kind of recommendation that could come in so i am a part of an entrepreneur group uh, which is started by harsh mariwala it's called ascent mm -hmm. uh, which is a group of uh, 500 odd entrepreneurs um it it's it's a peer to peer learning platform for entrepreneurs um which is very very effective very very useful um it's based out of bombay but we have chapters in bombay chennai and we have all india chapters also um so if anybody wants to they can join an entrepreneur it's it's a fantastic place to learn from other entrepreneurs and i i have kind of benefited a lot from there Uh, it's called the ascent foundation uh but there are many other industry bodies like you have flow of fiki um then you have tai um you have uh, bni there are a lot of other platforms uh, that you can you know work on uh, but i work with ascent and i'm very very happy with what i have learned from them what do they do? what all do they do is there like uh, uh... annual events monthly events no no we have we have monthly meetings where you know uh, you are broken into smaller groups that that is your trust group and uh, you kind of uh, come and discuss your challenges and whatever you're facing and then you, you get experiential learning and also um, if you google ascent foundation you you'll see the whole format how it works i mean wow. it, it, So my last question, Sarika. I think this is uh, this is all fantastically linking to uh, to everything that I wanted to ask you. If I am in one of these target segments, I'm an entrepreneur, small business owner, a woman entrepreneur, or a woman professional, and I want to get started with some sort of a self-assessment. Uh, is there a guidance for, from you on the first step that I can take to get a sense of that? Is this the right time? i think one is uh, overall we we talked about own feelings about where am i in life but beyond that is there a structured method to get started with some sort of a self assessment are there specific situations or profile of people where you help out even in that first step so 
I help out anyone who wants to help themselves. Okay. Uh, so irrespective of what uh, phase of life they are in, but if they have realized that they, they need to now work towards their own internet, which is their internal OS operating system, and they want to upgrade that, I will work with them. So that is not a challenge at all. How I usually go about doing it is I am a Gallup Strength certified coach. Mm -hmm. um, so I usually start with an assessment of the strengths of the individuals. I work with them on how they can put effort and develop their strengths to the level where they can, you know, perform and get positive results and success. So this is a part of knowing the journey of who I am. Uh, then I also work with people's core values and helping them identify what are those things that they will not compromise on in their lives. Uh, once they become aware of them, it becomes easier to make choices in life because you know there are some things that you will not want to uh, go back on or compromise. Then you will move forward keeping that in mind. So what I do is primarily create an awareness of who I am and what is the purpose of my life through uh, assessments like Gallup, core values, um, and various other scientific tools. If my strength is that I'm a great networker, but the job that I'm doing is sitting on the desk and looking at financial uh, Excel sheets, then I am not working to my strength. I am going to be frustrated in that job because what I enjoy the most is talking to people. So that's how they will be able to judge if they are even uh, working in alignment with what their uh, strengths are. Superb. So if I am an entrepreneur, I am a professional and I feel that my uh, my passion, my interest lies in networking. Uh, that's an example that you gave. And all that I'm doing is a desk job or something which is very different from my passion, then that's the first sign. If you have that first sign, anyone who is listening to this conversation, uh, feel free to reach out to Sarika. She is going to help in taking the next step in uh, in identifying uh, who you are, what your true passion is, what your purpose is, and how can you derive more joy and satisfaction from whatever pursuit you are having on the professional and person side. So on that note, uh, I think we, we covered a lot. We could not cover everything, but we covered a lot on the topic of authentic, authentic leadership. We covered about uh, Sarika's fantastic journey of being an accidental entrepreneur, but then realizing how she could uh, achieve her full potential uh, through the route of uh, authentic leadership. And we covered some great nuggets in the context of uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners, women entrepreneurs and women professionals. I think there were some great tips out there. Uh, fascinating uh, conversation and takeaways uh, for me personally, at least. Thank you so much, Sarika, for uh, uh, taking time out. Uh, if there is any last message you might want to give to the participant, uh, uh, please feel free to do that. But from my side, thank you so much uh, for taking time out uh, for this conversation. And I hope you enjoyed being part of it. <laughs> I would always request everyone that, you know, we have these thoughts that we have to do so much in life. There is so many responsibilities that we have to fulfill. Uh, but please first start by fulfilling your obligations and responsibilities to yourself. Invest 
in yourself first so that you can then invest in others make yourself happy first and then you will see how easy it is to spread happiness and joy in others so thank you rahul thank you for having me uh, it was a very interesting conversation not something that i usually do but uh, thank you and it was a pleasure talking to you Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Habit Stack of Problem Solvers by Purplecrest. If you enjoyed this episode, please help support the podcast by sharing it with others or by leaving a rating or review. To catch all the latest from us, you can visit purplecrest.co. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.